Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Helen Pollock. Helen, welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I am too, because today you're going to help women to tell their stories. That's right. And share their genius and to inspire others. Absolutely. That's the aim. Okay. So let's just get straight into this by how is it that you help women to tell their stories? So um, I guess it's probably useful to tell you a bit about my story and how I come to be here, because that kind of explains that. So um, I worked in corporate life for a long time and uh, I worked in marketing and PR for the majority of my career. I often tended to work in male dominated industries. So you know, I'm from the Midlands. I've worked in automotive, um, <laughs> like most people who live here have. And I also uh, worked in the computer games industry. So I came to realise, often with hindsight, that quite often I was being shut down. My voice was being shut down when I was working in those industries. Um, and yeah, with hindsight, I kind of realised years later sometimes that's probably because I'm a woman. Um, so in the end, I ended up setting up my own business. I've kind of I've been aware for a long time that I wanted to be my own boss, be in control of my own destiny and also just do work that really makes my heart sing. You know, I want to, I, I never have that Sunday night feeling that people, you know, talk about, people who are employed often talk about. I saw something on LinkedIn just the other day about, about that, you know, I'm dreading going to work or whatever. I don't have that now because I've created my own business. And so um, I, initially, uh, I actually created a business called Little Dragons, teaching Mandarin Chinese to children. But crikey, O'Reilly, that was, um, I let so much. And uh, it just wasn't really profitable enough. There wasn't enough meat in the sandwich, no matter how I tweak that business model. So after a few years, I, as I said, I'd learned so much, I've never regret that time um but I set up my own marketing and PR agency and very soon thereafter I was invited to ghostwrite a client's second book because he was now too busy um yeah I was absolutely delighted to have that opportunity loved it and then um other people asked me to ghostwrite their books and then after a while I had people saying to me well I want to write my book by myself, but I know I'm going to need some support and accountability and I just feel a bit overwhelmed and don't know what to do first. So could you help me with that? And I thought, well, I mean, that kind of sounds like book coaching. 
yeah, I think I can do that. So I then started um, becoming yeah, a book coach. Um, and I particularly enjoyed working with women clients who often were lacking in confidence and most of my clients are very successful women you would expect them possibly to be full of confidence and you know come to me for help with their book and they know what they're going to say and they know who it's for and they've got an audience and you know all that kind of thing and they're feeling very confident about things but that's just not what I've experienced um my clients often say Helen I'm not sure people will want to read this book and people with like MBEs and OBEs have said those words to me and it drives me nuts uh, because we need to be sharing these fabulous women's stories they need to be sharing their stories owning their stories very often when women come to work with me they are at a stage in their careers they might perhaps have sold a successful business or um, they've recently left a high profile corporate role and they're looking for that next stage where they give something back where they can share their knowledge and their passion for their sector and very often they want to inspire the next generation of women or of young people who are going to come into their sector. So that's what absolutely fills me with with passion. It means I spring out of bed every morning because I want these women's stories to be told through books, um, through you know coaching and consultancy businesses, which I can also help them to create. Um, but I don't want their stories to be lost. If we think of all the millions of amazing women throughout history whose stories were lost because solely of their gender, I don't want, you know, I don't want my my lovely ladies' stories to be forgotten. And you talk about inspiring the next generation, but what's actually impressive is that you can inspire the, the, today's generation. You know, it's it's not just the, the legacy that you're passing on; it's the ripple effect. Whilst you're you're in available to be to spoke to speak to 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 share that story now, and it's such a fast impact that you can have in today's society. Absolutely, but I guess um, so one of the big problems for for the women who who come to work with me is although they're really successful um there seems to be some sort of shift when they sell that business or when they come out of that corporate role and then they know okay it's it, it uh, you know probably coaching and consultancy is my next step and that's how i can share my knowledge and i'd like to perhaps write a book as well um but then a shift happens and they don't know how to get their value proposition across. They find it hard to work out, you know, who exactly is it that I want to help? And, and let's be specific, let's properly niche down and create a really focused customer avatar um, or reader avatar for their book, of course. Um, they are just often lacking in confidence about effectively 
putting their head above the parapet and creating a personal brand because before they had a company, you know, they had a whole company um, behind them. And I think it's easier that way, or they were in a corporate structure. But when you create a personal brand and you're looking to create a coaching or consultancy business, it's you. And I think, you know, women in particular can feel very vulnerable if they put themselves in that position and have to make themselves very visible to sell their services. So I, you know, I I think part of my role is not only to, to give them the knowledge that they need to write a book or to create a coaching or consultancy business, but it's also it's support and it's it's kind of nurturing support and helping those women to feel confident that yes, you, you know you're you're amazing. You've done really impressive things and you should be sharing your knowledge. And it would actually be a crime if you didn't. And you talk about that crime of the consequences of not sharing that genius. You know, what is it that you finally sort of say to them for them to understand or or to sort of appreciate what value it will have on on others? Um, I think so. Something I've said to someone recently is they know that they are a leader in their field they know that they are probably better qualified and more ethical than people who are starting to become well-known in that sector. So, So I said to this particular client, if you don't step up and fill that void, there's, there's a kind of void for the, um, I hesitate to use the word guru, <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? Um, if if you don't step up and put yourself forward as someone at the forefront of that sector, the go-to person for training in that sector, then you, you know that there are these other people who are starting to put out offerings that are not ethical like yours or as ethical as yours, um, and who don't have the knowledge and experience that you have. And I think that is a really key point. If you don't share your knowledge and experience, and you know your stuff, then it's quite likely that there will be other people who will do that, who know less than you. Yeah. Yeah, it's a dangerous space, isn't it? That sort of sort of holding back information and and knowing that others will step up who who may actually give out misinformation and mm-hmm. you know the, the the again the ripple effect of that can have serious consequences so it's it's not the who am i to do this it's a who am i not to do this absolutely right and that's it you know I, i'm i'm always very supportive of the the women i i work with and even you know I, I very often say to prospects who you know have a, who I talk to, um, even if you don't end up working with me, please tell your story. Your story needs to be told, whether it's with me or somebody else. I don't mind, but please do tell it. Mm. And what is it about stories that we find so fascinating? 
I think it's um it's the the personal touch isn't it it's um if we are talking about business and there's no hint of personality or or yeah I guess a human touch then it can all be very dull um it's so it's what adds color isn't it um it's it's what adds color to those business stories that's what I'd say I love that. So you're you're essentially colouring in the the sort of the, the more black and white, the sort of the, the more dull aspects of our lives with a huge amount of passion and colour and, and exuberance. And essentially you're helping people write the next chapter of their lives. Yes, that's right. Um, so and in fact, I've recently created a new service um, called Her Next Chapter. Because I noticed that many of the women who come to me for help with their books, it, that wasn't actually what they needed. It, you know, before they get onto the book, which that they really need to get clear on those fundamentals. The, who do you want to work with? Who's your ideal customer? Who do you want to help? Um, what is it exactly that you want to do? Uh, and how can you do that profitably? Because, you know, let's be quite honest, profitably means sustainably. If something's not profitable, it's not sustainable. So if we haven't got that first, and if we haven't built an audience that has an appetite for that content, then for starters, your book is going to fall flat. And I don't want that. I don't want that to happen for for, um, the women I work with. Um, So, yeah, that's her next chapter. is you know not directly related to books in any way but draws on my background in marketing and PR and helps women to create a personal brand and build an audience so that whatever they put out there coaching consultancy courses books will be successful and yeah as I say if you don't if you don't do that work first and build that audience then it doesn't matter how amazing your book is it it probably won't sell and that would again that would be such a shame and, and really a bit of a crime too and have you always loved writing Helen I have. I <laughs> so um, a few months ago, my parents were. Uh, they gave me a load of stuff. They're always trying to, if, you know, get rid of stuff uh, from their house. Anything that they can give to me and my sister, they they do. So um, I got a box full of um, old school reports, and I also in there, and um, there was a letter from Vogue magazine. Because when I was 15, I um, did a week's work experience at Vogue magazine in London. Now, we live in the Midlands, so um, (laughs) I've written a letter in, I think, October, November, to the managing editor of Vogue, who was Georgina Boosie at that time, Um, asking about a week's work experience in June, the following June. And hilariously, this letter um, was from January or February of that year, which was 1990. Um, And it said, um, further to my phone conversation with your sister, um, I'd like to offer you a week's work experience. Now, I'd had to go down to London 
for an interview for one week's work experience. Um, and Vogue magazine, why did I apply there? Well, I knew I loved writing. I've always loved writing. I'm not that into fashion, so I, I don't know what quite was in my mind there. I think, I, well, I think I thought Vogue, Vogue magazine, one of the best known magazines in the world. That's where I'm going to you know, apply. Never expected <laughs> to get a letter back, be asked for an interview. And then, yeah, hilariously, this letter that um, I've, <laughs> I've found in this box from my parents. So the managing director, managing editor of Vogue had phoned our landline and spoken to my 14-year-old sister. <laughs> she might have been 13 then and left a message because I wasn't in. <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny and so of its time obviously um so yeah and I off I went went down to London I started at Vogue on my 16th birthday and, what, and worked there for a week and what's the message behind that Helen I think it's um you can do these things you know I was 15 um, hilarious. I went to um, a school called St. Martin's in Solihull. I suspect that many of the people at Vogue think I went to Central St. Martin's, the well-known fashion college in London. Um, <laughs> but yeah, who, who was I, a, you know, 15-year-old oik from the Midlands to, um, to apply to do work experience at Vogue magazine? But who are you not to, Helen? Well, this is the point. So I think, you know, try for the big things. Um, go for, Just go for it. What have you got to lose? And I think, you know, with, with my work and with the, the women I, I work with, why, why are you worried about sharing your hard-won knowledge? What's the worst that can happen? And the worst that can happen is actually you not going for it and not, you know, sharing your knowledge because you're not comfortable or confident enough to become visible enough to do that. So, yeah, I think that's it. Go for it. Really, what is the worst that could happen? And what's the best that can happen? Absolutely. So you've got children. What do they think of of mum who's a ghostwriter, you know, a, a book coach? What do they say? Um, I, so my five-year-old, recently five-year-old son, I don't think has any idea, really. <laughs> um, my daughter, um, again, I, you know, I think they just kind of, they just see you as their mum, don't they? So when I said, to her recently that I had you know I've written books she was surprised and I thought she knew that you know she's my daughter's nine uh, and I you know I talk about oh yes I've you know right I've got to sort out chapter six for client x this week um so I thought she understood but she actually didn't understand that and then there's the the um the added complication that I write books, but not in my own name. So that's that, that's a tricky one for a child to get their, their head around. Um, book coaching, I think, is is probably uh, a bit more straightforward because I just say, you know, I help 
uh, help women to write great books. Um, so yeah, I think, sorry. I was gonna say, when's Helen's book coming out? Well, Amy, it's funny you should say that. <laughs> No, seriously, um, I have said that 2021 will be the year when I do finally write a book in my own name. And I know we're we're just between Christmas and New Year now. So perfect timing to be thinking about goals for next year. Um, And obviously, you know, I hope hopefully if people are thinking of telling their stories, you know, consider writing a, a book um and sharing sharing your knowledge that way and how easy is it to to have a book written for you by a ghostwriter what is the process behind that it really depends on your source material so like you some of my clients are successful podcasters but you can use podcast transcriptions at least as part of the source material, for example. So that can expedite writing a book. Um, if you know, if you were to have um, podcast transcriptions to hand, you might have an online course that will also, you know, there might be a lot of material that you could use um, to create a book. If you had nothing, or if it were a, a more of a memoir. Um, then it's interviews Um, or you can also and when I say interviews that could be you know we talk like like we're talking now Um, have a zoom conversation record that conversation transcribe that conversation and then the transcription will be turned into um, a draft chapter or um, I could even email questions and the author could record dictate them effectively dictate dictate them we'd get them transcribed and work from there Um, there's usually interviews at the outset to how so that um, the ghost has a really good understanding of we have to do all those things reader avatar where does this book fit into your personal and professional goals you know, what do you want this book to do for your business, etc. We have to get all that stuff sorted first um, and understand the person as well. So, uh, you know, as a ghostwriter, I'm always listening out for things like, um, you know, turns of phrase that people use a lot or and just to understand somebody's character the kind of language they use. Are they, are they a formal person? Are they an informal person? Um, all that kind of stuff, really. Um, and then you, you proceed onto the content. The key when you're writing a book as an author or, or as a ghostwriter is creating a draft table of contents or a book skeleton, as I like to call it. So once you've got that structure that which, which we know is going to work for our ideal reader um, and is um, has taken our own goals into account too, then that acts as a roadmap for our book. So that's kind of how it works. It's essentially getting into the mind of the, the writer in the same way that an actor would get into character to perform on stage or for a film or TV. You're essentially becoming an actor for words. 
Absolutely. You are. But I, I would also say as well, something um, absolutely fundamental is if you are using a ghostwriter, you know, much like um, an actor portraying a real life person, a ghostwriter will not sound exactly like you. And you'd be surprised, you know, some people think they understand that, but the reality, you know, that they're, they're not necessarily as prepared for as they thought they were. So you do have to relinquish control a little if you if you use a, a ghostwriter. Um, most people use a ghostwriter because they don't have enough time to write a book. That's that's the most common reason. Um, so, yeah, people need to know that. Mm, it's really interesting. And, and I know that there are different sort of reasons that people write books. And it, as you said, it could be as part of their whole brand or it could be a, an important message that they want to share. It could be, as you say, a, sort of a memoir. There's there's different reasons for that. And again, that, that also then kind of dictates the audience of, of who's going to be listening or, or reading it, if it depends if it's on an audio version or not. In terms of what a book can do, and how it can elevate your message or, or it can elevate your status. What is it you, you are looking to achieve behind writing that book? So, yeah, I mean, I guess um, it really does depend on, on the author's needs. But, um, you know, some of the things that a book can do for you is open up speaking opportunities that you wouldn't have necessarily had access to before because it's raised awareness of you as an as a, an authority in your field so I guess that's the really the crux of it is it's position a book positions you as an authority in your field and people still have an awful lot of respect for printed books in particular and in fact that holds some of my clients back because they have such reverence for books that they and again, yeah, again, you know, amazing, amazing woman really found it hard to create that book skeleton because she just had such, she revered books so much, she didn't want to mess it up. It's like, it's okay, it's it's all right, you know, you're not going to mess it up, you're fantastic. If anyone can do this, it's you. Um, and you know, if you if you leave something out, or you, you know, you want to tweak the focus, you could you could always write another book. This doesn't have to be it. Um, but anyway, uh, if you have a kind of value ladder of services where um, you know one to one work, coaching or consultancy is at the top of that ladder, but you want to share your knowledge in a way that's accessible to pretty much everyone then sometimes a book will be that the kind of most accessible rung on that ladder financially um, and might encourage people who then want further support to look into your other offerings. Um, so there are so many ways uh, that a book can help your business. Um, and also, you know, if you do a great job on the marketing um then and you will need to do that whether you get a traditional publishing deal or you self-publish I think traditional publishing is not what it used to be so um any traditional publisher will be looking at the audience you bring with you 
um, as part of their decision-making process. So they will look at your content and they will look at your audience, your existing audience. So that's a really important point to make, actually. Um, so, so yes. I was going to ask you about the, the difference between self-publishing and a publisher, an established publisher, and whether that has a difference in the success of your particular book at all. Um, I mean, clearly, publishers, traditional publishers do have that kind of marketing muscle. And what they are able to do is they are able to distribute your book far more widely than you would be able to. So it's it's very hard for a self-published author to, you know, get, have their book placed in Waterstones or, or other bookshops, physical bookshops. Um, that being said, as we know, um, you know, <laughs> with the advent of Amazon, you don't necessarily need to be in physical bookshops to have a successful book. For business authors, for business book authors, self-publishing makes an awful lot of sense. The reason being, you're probably not going to sell millions of copies anyway, you know, this is your book's probably not going to be the next uh, Harry Potter. It's a bit different from the fiction world. Um, a lot of traditional publishers now will have a clause in the contract where anything that they've spent on you, you will have to make, well, they will have to get that back in terms of sales and the, so there'll be a certain number of uh, book you know, copies sold named in the contract. And if you don't meet that, they will expect you to buy copies back, which a lot of people are not aware of. And even if you were to sell loads and loads of copies, if a... Um, if you've got a deal with a traditional publisher, you'll only get a tiny percentage of royalties once you've paid, effectively they've made back what they've outlaid on you. So um, self-publishing authors make far, a far greater proportion, a bigger percentage of royalties than um, traditionally published authors. And as I say, because you're probably not going to be selling millions of copies as a business book author, um, that makes a lot of sense. And you also have control, mm. control of, um, you know, the cover design and how the, the layout inside and all that kind of stuff. If, if a traditional publisher doesn't agree with your choices, then they will overrule you. So, so it's actually not as difficult to get a book out there as it as it used to be. It's, it's, it's not in terms of the process. But as you say, it's, it's about how how you actually then approach that particular book writing, which is going to make a huge amount of difference. And, and I definitely sit in the same camp as the lady you described earlier, which holds in such high sort of reverence. I mean, honestly, you know, that's probably the, my biggest sort of block for myself is that I absolutely love books. And I'm like, well, who am I to write one? Even though I get asked daily by people say, well, when's the book coming out? And husband particularly, that's why it's a daily conversation. Um, but yeah, it, it definitely needs to be on the agenda for 2021. So so I will be exploring this more. Exactly. It's not who am I. It's <laughs> you, you absolutely can do it and you should do it. 
Well, I'm very excited to do it and I'm looking forward to reading yours as well. So how would people get in touch with you, Helen, if they're looking to reach out and find out about her next chapter? So I'm very active on LinkedIn. So, um, you know, it's under my my name. So Helen Pollock on LinkedIn. Um, I have a website, which is www.thecontentdoc.com. And those are probably the, the best ways to get in touch with me. And I have recently created uh, a guide to effective business messaging, which I've called the mystery of the muddled message, um, which I would uh, be very happy to share with your readers. So um, I'm sure um, I can give you a link and perhaps that might be in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's me, I think. Uh, happy to share the mystery of the muddled message in my show notes, as well as your LinkedIn and website details. No problem at all. Helen, it's been an absolute joy talking to you about writing. I mean, I, I, I love speaking, but I love writing more and I love reading. So I'm very excited to explore this to this level today. Uh, have you got a final message for the audience, please? I think just please do share your story. I am... Um really so sad to see and regularly encounter fabulous women hiding their light under a bushel we don't have to do that now so please don't you know find ways to to share your story share your genius your hard-won knowledge and uh, inspire others Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson, and if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.